my name is Nellie Jacob, and today's quote is from Oprah Winfrey, and it's leadership is about empathy. It is about having the ability to relate and connect with people for the purpose of inspiring and empowering their lives. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. The Leader Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Goody. If you send business gifts to employees, clients, or sales prospects, Goody is a game changer. You can send one gift or hundreds at a time without ever worrying about shipping details. With Goody, your gift recipients provide all their shipping info, and they can even swap out your gift for another option if they prefer. It's free to start gifting, and you can get a $20 credit when you sign up. Oh, and if you mention you heard about Goody from the Leader Assistant Podcast, Goody will add an extra $10 credit to your account. So go to leaderassistant.com slash Goody, that's G-O-O-D-Y, to start gifting today. Again, that's leaderassistant.com slash Goody. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and welcome to episode 159. You can check out the show notes um, and stream this episode or share this episode with others by going to leaderassistant.com slash 159, leaderassistant.com slash 159. And today I am speaking with Nellie Jacob, and Nellie is in Toronto, Canada. Nellie, how's it going? It's going great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited. So I posted a video the other day. Um, I call it the Assistance Lead Animation Video. Uh, I posted it on link- LinkedIn, and you commented on it and then shared it, and I thought you had some really good insight when you shared it. And that's kind of how we connected, and... I said, hey, be on the show, or maybe you said, hey, can I be on the show? I can't remember which one, but uh, (laughs) uh, I'm excited to be uh, talking with you and love to uh, talk with assistants from all over the world and with different experiences. So tell us kind of a little bit about your story. Um, Where did you grow up and how did you end up becoming an assistant? Well, I uh, grew up in Toronto, spent my whole life in Toronto, and um, I was actually a first-generation Canadian and grew up um, with immigrant parents. Um, They didn't speak English very well. So I ended up, uh, as the oldest in the family, becoming the translator, becoming the person that was the go-to for a lot of things at home. And uh, what I realized later on in life, it was really the practice ground, I think, for me building up a lot of my own skills. And um, those skills ended up leading me to getting a a job as a receptionist in a telecommunications company here in Toronto. And it wasn't long um, after I started in that role. I think it was six months after I started as the receptionist. uh, An opportunity came up uh, to become an assistant, an admin assistant. And I quickly jumped on it, just uh, read job description. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is all the stuff that I do at home for my parents. Just keep them organized and 
and really kind of direct things and, and keep a whole team kind of uh, organized and, and, and scheduled. So it, uh, it instantly attracted me to the job description. And um, so I jumped on it and I got the job and I, I really, really enjoyed it. I worked with a number of directors and uh, from there, I actually ended up uh, providing regular backup support to the executive floor. Um, I had the opportunity actually to work for the executive floor, but it was in downtown Toronto and I was sort of in the, in the suburbs um, and wasn't interested at the time in going down there full time and actually quite enjoyed supporting different executives, um, you know, across all departments. So I uh, used that to really build up my skills as well in terms of becoming pretty versatile across the organization and recognizing uh, people in, in all departments. So um, it was from there then that I went on to um, become a program manager for a pretty large um, not-for-profit and uh, became a program manager and then an event manager uh, left that after I had kids and then went back to becoming an executive assistant for the uh, CEO of another not-for-profit and worked there for 10 years supporting the CEO and the CFO and working with boards. And um, then actually in the last couple of years, I ventured off and tried to start my own business uh, because I had become a certified strengths coach. I, um, it impacted the way that I operated as an executive assistant so much um, that it really helped me to recognize that the leadership skills that I had were not being tapped into. And where I was, um, there really wasn't any room for growth and opportunity to go into a leadership role. So I left and kind of took a leap of faith and did some coaching for a while, and um, but actively looked for the right role. And that's where it led me to where I am now, where I'm the uh, office manager to the president of the organization where I'm supporting now. And it's, it's fantastic. Um, you know, I have a few people reporting to me. Um, I'm still able to do a lot of the assistant things that uh, are related to calendars and um, strategy and, and helping the senior team stay on, on track with things. So it's, it's really aligned with uh, my skills, my talents, my strengths, and it's a role that I really enjoy. Could you tell us a little bit more about your current role? So on your LinkedIn, it says executive assistant slash office manager. And you said you do have a couple of people reporting to you. Yeah. Um, yeah tell us a little bit more. Uh, is it Tecton, Tektronic? Is that right? Tektronic? Yeah, Tektronic's industry. Um, it is actually uh, an umbrella company for a number of well-known brands like Milwaukee Tools and Dirt Devil. Um, there's a number, there's a lot of people quite a few lines that we carry in terms of tools and, and home care products. Um, I am the executive assistant in the, in the respect that I help the president with the day-to-day -day function, his calendaring, um, travel, that type of thing. Um, but there is a big piece of it where I help run the office. So whether it be the overall um, management of all of the facilities, I have the receptionist reporting into me and then her backup, which takes care of all the mail room. And then I have an assistant that takes care primarily of all of our company events. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of everything in there. And, and that is what makes it really attractive is the fact that it's not just the administrative side. There's a lot of leadership and a lot of helping other people also do their jobs well and helping them to, uh, to become empowered in their roles. 
Great. So the video that I shared talks about has kind of this um, two two characters. And for those of you listening that haven't seen the video, you can go to assistancelead.com and watch the 37 second animation video that I'm talking about. Uh, assistancelead.com and I'll put it in the show notes as well. But the video talks um, basically has two characters and they're walking in a park and one of them says, Hey, what do you do? And the other one says, I'm an assistant. And so person who asked, what do they do? Um, said, Oh, so you make coffee or you get coffee and make copies. And, you know, it's kind of a funny, like, you know, SMH or shaking my head um, <laughs> at thought bubble. And it's like, actually I do much more. And I intentionally said, I do much more versus saying, no, that's not what I do because right. I believe that getting coffee and making copies can totally be part of your job. And that's, that's totally fine. You shouldn't be above doing that. Yeah. Um, but your post, you know, you shared the video and you said the evolution of the role. Um, talk about a little bit about when you first, your first couple of years as an assistant um, back in the day. And then now, like, what are some of the highlights uh, of how you've seen the role of an assistant evolve? Yeah, I'll definitely will without dating myself. <laughs> I've been in this for for a minute. <laughs> um, so when I first started in this, uh, let's just say the internet was probably just starting, <laughs> and uh, before we we rapidly used emails, we used fax machines and. Uh, and intercompany mail and that type of thing. So it was a completely different way of operating it. And that's um, what I loved about your video. It really gave the role um, a voice when you think about it, like it really gave it a voice in terms of saying, yeah, you know what? I, I, there are days where I might be helping someone um, get coffee together for a meeting and that's okay. If that's what it, if that's what we need that day. But it's so much more than that. And, and the role really is so different from organization to organization and even within the organization, depending who you're supporting. Um, but it really has the real difference is where it came from and to what it is now. And back in the day, it was it was primarily supporting um, a lot of males that were in leadership. Um, I probably remember over my course of uh, supporting people, at least over the last 20 years, um, 80% of the senior level leaders that I supported were males. And um, when you're talking back in the 80s, it it was an entirely different kind of um, expectation. And uh, having the background that I had growing up, uh, an immigrant's daughter from Europe, Um, Our household had, uh, you know, like a lot of European households, girls were um, a lot of households expected those girls to have different roles than boys. So having taken care of my family and being a bit nurturing by nature really put me into a position in that role where it really served me. and, And by serving me, I was able to serve others, if you think about it. Um, and making coffee and getting meetings ready and, and catering food and that type of thing was very, very much part of it. Um, but that was 
but primarily what it was. And there really wasn't an opportunity to get involved with any decision-making or any leadership of staff. It really was a support role. And over the last few decades, I've seen a great shift take place um, as I think younger people have come into it and really changed it as well in terms of what they're bringing into it. And as well, I think more women coming into it. Um, And I think men as well, like even just men as well, like are recognizing that the role itself has an opportunity to tap into talent that hasn't been done before in the past. So executives are now seeing their executive assistants or their admin assistants as individuals that are almost like their right hand in terms of keeping a pulse on what's going on in the office, Uh, an extension of um, what they're doing with their senior leadership team. And, you know, there's, there's been times where I've um, helped the, the senior leader uh, with uh, KPIs and, and with uh, performance indicators and, and getting their senior team to get them in and discussing them and updating them and going through them. And I mean, that's something that would have never happened 25 years ago. So it really has evolved. Uh, it's, it's very much a strategic role now. Um, it's very much, um, exa- especially when you tap into the specific strengths that individuals have and you recognize what your assistant strengths are, you really recognize that um, you can utilize them differently than, you ha- than that role has been utilized in the past. Yeah, well said. So what, what would you say um, the next 10 to 15 years are going to look like? How is, it, how is the role going to evolve even more over the next 10 years? Well, I'm, what I'm already seeing and a lot of, and, and to be honest, I'm, I'm really happy with, with what I'm seeing, is a lot of executive assistant roles are now being changed into or morphed in some way or form into a chief of staff role. And I mean, t- uh, traditionally, chief of staff was a role that was more in line with um, politics, where, uh, you know, they helped uh, a political uh, candidate and, and it was more of a strategic role in that, in that regard. And now I see that that's happening more and more in business as well. So the uh, assistant is now attending those meetings and, and having a voice and, and really um, contributing to what's going on in terms of the planning and directing and um, keeping the senior leadership team really it, it's an extension of of the senior leadership team or very much a part. Like that's where I'm kind of seeing it move towards because um, we all know like the workloads have become crazy Hmm. and senior leaders have more that more meetings that than they have time. Right. So there's so much time being spent in meetings that there's less and less time to actually get the work done. So what I'm seeing is the, the chief of staff is becoming the middle person between the senior leader and the CEO where they're, it's, it's almost like a director role where they are helping them, you know, take those things that they don't have time for and really moving it to the next level uh, and, and becoming that connection piece. So it, it really is exciting an exciting time to be in this type of industry. 
Yeah. What, what's one tip you would have for the assistants listening who are like, I want to do that. I want to be, for example, better at taking the pulse of the organization and the team and the executive leadership team. What's, what's a practical tip that you've um, used in your career to yeah, take the pulse of the organization? You know, there's just, there's so much that, um, I mean, there's a number of things that they can do. Um, if, if the person that you're supporting, <clears throat> if you see that they are open to um, ideas and, and your thoughts and, and really um, listen to what you have to say in terms of valuing your input, then maybe just have a conversation with them and just let them know that, you know, you would love to get more involved. I've done that several times with uh, leaders in the past where I've said, you know, I want to get more involved at, at another level or I need more to keep me more, uh, more engaged. Um, so depending on who you're supporting, that may be a place that you can start with. Uh, if, if, you do want to go into more of a chief of staff role and there's an opportunity for that within your organization or maybe even outside of your organization. Find someone who can be a mentor to you and work with someone who is going to help you to operate out of that place along the way and and give you some guidance. Um, And don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid. Um, one of the greatest things that I did myself was for myself, and I'm not telling everybody else to do this. It was becoming a coach because I had um, the, the coaching ability and was a leader. And I recognized that I could help others through coaching and the, the organization that I worked for saw that as well. And although they didn't have a leadership opportunity for me specifically, they incorporated the co- the coaching as part of my executive assistant role. So what, what does that look like? That looks like taking the whole senior leadership exec uh, assistant team and working with them and leading them um, and doing some coaching with them. Um, and, and, and next level down, working with the admin assistants and, and doing some coaching there um, and providing some leadership at that level. And uh, for me, that was life-changing because it really helped me recognize that those leadership skills were there and I wanted to use them more. And the organization that I was in um, didn't have that ability to move me up into another role. So I took a leap of faith and, um, you know, took some steps to making that happen outside of that organization. And, uh, And that's what led me to where I am now. Nice. So tell us a little bit more about the strengths coach element. Um, I know strengths finders is a resource, a book that's been around for a while and um, I've gone through it in prior organizations uh, a few different times. Very helpful tool. um, Very helpful resource. Even just going through the reading the book and going through the exercises in the book was helpful, but Tell us a little bit about your coaching and um, what does that mean for you to, you know, even just like you said, with the EA team, you're coaching, coaching the EA team. How does that look? How does that look? And how can maybe others um, who would like to do similar things with their teams, how can they do that and help empower and coach their teams? Well, it's, 
I mean, when once you do the assessment and you get your report, you, you do your hundred questions, you answer it and you get your report and it tells you what your strengths are and you can get a report where it tells you your top five or you can get a report where it gives you all 34 of, of your strengths. Um, and the first step is really recognizing what your strengths are. And I mean, once you get it on a report, you can have a bunch of words that say you're, you know, you have this strength and you have this strength and you have this strength. And that's just the first step. Um, what people often do is they look at that report and then they kind of read over it, understand a little bit, and then they stop there. But what really, really makes a change is when you take that report and then you meet with the coach um, and you really unpack those strengths and what they are. What are your talents and how are you using them or how can you use them more? Um, perfect example for me, one of my strengths is called input and input is basically a, um, a sponge. It's an information hoarder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I am uh, really, really good at gathering information really, really quickly. And so I'm, the input will be the person while people are having conversation, they're Googling the information. And before they finish the, the, informa- the talk that they're having, you already have data for them. <laughs> So being that person, the information gatherer, um, every person that I meet, every interaction that I have, I am gathering information from from those interactions and I'm storing them so that when I need that information at any point, and I, I mean, it can be a personal conversation, a professional conversation, it can be an article I'm reading, um, that storing of information comes out at any time, any place. And it is very, very helpful when you are either creating um, strategies to move forward. It's, it's, it's great when you're doing research and you have to gather information for a decision that you have to make or an event that you're running, all that stuff comes out. So when I recognized that I was really good at gathering information, it changed the way I did my job because when I was doing my coaching, when I was being coached with a coach, they helped me to see all the times where I was naturally doing it, but I wasn't really doing it to the full potential that I could. And once we real, once we unpacked why that was happening, um, it really created an opportunity for me to use it more. And so as I started to recognize all the, all the times where I could implement it and where, how I can use it and how I can apply it. It started to happen more naturally. And I even started to volunteer my time or my expertise. Um, and, and I would openly say, well, I'm, I'm really good at gathering information. I can do that. You know, give that one to me. I'll take it. And then people started to recognize me for it. And then they would come to me for it. So It really, I mean, that's just one specific example, but every time you tap into a talent and and one of your strengths, it just unlocks something. And when you do that with a team of people and you have a session where everyone is speaking and learning about their strengths together, it really creates an understanding of, oh, that's why, oh, that's why they do that. Or you know, it really does create a different understanding of I've had teams where they just did not click like teams that have had turnarounds, a turnaround, like the turnaround round was really, really high and we couldn't get people to stay there. 
And then we did a session and having those people understand how they operate, what their strengths are. And we, we posted their strengths. I mean, this was before COVID. So everyone had their strengths at their desk. Right. Um, and, and then on a team site, we, we posted everyone's strengths. So at any given time, you can go see someone else's strengths or your own. And so if you were struggling with understanding why someone was doing something or not doing something, you can go to look at their strengths and see, okay, why is it? You know, why is it that I'm, I'm using my communication, but it's not landing? And then once everyone starts to understand their strengths, they come at it from a different place. They don't see the challenge of, you know, being difficulty or an obstacle. They see the strength as, okay, so how can we utilize the strengths that are on here differently? Hmm. And it, yeah. it does. Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah, I've seen it before too, where, you know, you'll see it, you'll see a team that's struggling or there's obviously room to grow with, with a certain team. And, you know, you do these assessments and you realize that, oh, that's because everyone has the same strength and yes. we're, miss, we're missing, there's a big gap of yep. these other strengths. And maybe when next time we hire someone, yep. we should consider this. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, I mean, I've even had really great leaders and I mean, a sign of a great leader, one of, one of many signs is recognizing when, you know, you don't have a strength that the team need, needs. So who on your team might have that strength? Who will you empower on your team to do that part? And you can um, provide that as an area of development, perhaps, if they're interested, to take on that part. And, and you know, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you have to do it all. You, a great leader, recognizes who they have on their team and uses their strengths. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's where it has uh, really been very helpful. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus and enroll today. That's great. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about empathy. Um, I don't know particularly if that is uh, explicitly one of the strengths on the strengths finders, but it um, is actually. It oh, it is. is. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> I was trying to, you know, I was actually looking on my computer to try to find my old uh, strengths finder results. I have them saved somewhere, but I couldn't find them at first glance. Um, but, you know, having the ability to um, relate with people and, and be empathetic with people, um, talk about how leading with empathy is not a weakness, but a strength. And maybe there's a couple of practical um, tips that you can share on how to be more empathetic. Cause I know mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, myself included um, as assistants, we are like, let's just get this stuff done. And we're all <laughs> like, check the, check the uh, next, next task off of our to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. And just put your head down and crank out the work 
And, you know, I've been accused of being emotionally dead inside uh, <laughs> in the past. And, you know, I haven't been the most empathetic uh, assistant, but what, how would you encourage those listening and encourage me to be more empathetic? Um, yeah, empathy is, I mean, it's something that um, has really come, it's come out of COVID in, in a different way. Empathetic leadership, I think, has become more important than ever coming out of the last couple of years. And um, it is an opportunity to look at the people that you are working with, whether they report to you or whether you're just uh, working with them and collaborating with them, and to see the person. It's, it's really saying, I see you. Um, it's saying, I hear you. And um, depending on the situation, it's, you know, when you're working with someone where they may report to you and, and you see that they're struggling uh, with something and if they can, uh, if they open up to you, it's sometimes it's saying, I, I understand, or maybe I don't know what you're feeling, but I am hearing what you're saying. Um, it does take a level of slowing down sometimes. And for someone, um, when I first got into yoga, I, I didn't, I couldn't do it. I could not do it <laughs> because I am so, like you said, Jeremy, you're an assistant and you're like, go, 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 go next task, next, next task, next thing on your list. So slowing down in a yoga class created a tremendous amount of anxiety for me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it took probably five or six tries over a period of a year, maybe a a few more, um, to finally get to a place where I could slow down enough in a class where I wasn't, I didn't feel like I just wanted to get up and run because I just felt like, you know, like I can't do this. It's just too slow. (laughs) Right. And it took work. Like it did not happen the first class and it didn't happen. And even by my six or seven class, I wasn't, completely there yet. I would say it took a good, you know, two dozen classes before I could finally get to a place where I was comfortable enough to take a breath. And for me, um, it really was almost a breeding ground for slowing down. And it helped me to do that in a way where it actually made me better at my job. Because in the roles that we're in, sometimes we think faster, 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 next thing, get it off the checklist deadline, get this out, clear out the inbox is um, the successful way of doing it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But, so, but sometimes successful doesn't always mean that. Sometimes successful means actually going a little bit slower so that you can get further. And uh, yeah, for me, that was, that was big in terms of... Um, recognizing that by slowing down, I can see people. And uh, when I saw people and I, and I was hearing them, I was better able to empathize with them. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it it really is. And it really creates a connection between you and the person in terms of um, being able to move forward from a different place. And I've had, I've been really lucky to have, leaders that I've supported who I was able to learn that from. Um, I mean, every experience is a learning experience and I've had leaders that did not have it. And I've had leaders that have. Um, So by, by having something to compare one thing to another really helps me to understand where the empathy works. And uh, it inspired me to want to lead like that. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, just listening 
and uh, and and telling people, you know, I, I, if it's someone that reports to you, if you do have people reporting into you, um, it's it's just saying, you know, I see you're struggling, or I, I is there is everything okay? Um, and if they do open up to you, it's just saying, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm really sorry, and uh, I, I can't imagine what you're feeling but let's see what we can do to help you. And having had that done to me um, during periods of my life just wanted me to do better for them. Like having their understanding created a place of having a great, so much gratitude for that understanding that I wanted to say thank you through my supporting them even more. Um, it was, it was how I said my thanks. And as I've had an opportunity now to lead others and, and I use empathy through my own leadership style, I see it in, in the way that others respond as well to me. And, and it really is, it's kindness in action, but that's what it is, but it does take a level of slowing down to make it happen. Awesome. Well said, well said. Uh, well, Nellie, Thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing a lot of insight. It's been really, really valuable. I'm excited to uh, share this with the world. Um, before we wrap up, though, what's one thing that you would tell a brand new assistant who's about to start on Monday their first assistant job? What's something that you would uh, encourage them to do in their first week? Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself because um, a lot of assistants that I have uh, interacted with over the years, uh, whether it's an, a, an admin assistant, an executive assistant, um, so many of them, I mean, a lot of people want to do a good job, no matter what job you're in. But um, there's just a level of responsibility and achievement that comes with an assistant in, in terms of going through those checklists and it puts a lot, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to, to do well, to perform well, to support well, um, to, and, and when you're into that first week on the job, there's a lot of information coming at you. I mean, you are learning names, you are learning acronyms, you're learning uh, lines of businesses. There's just so much coming at you. Just take your time to learn as much as you can. Um, but be kind to yourself during that process and always be open to learning and to evolving yourself as a person, um, with, with, with being kind to yourself and, and being in a place of continuous learning, you will go far. Love it. Nice. Good way to end the episode. Um, Nellie, how can people reach out to you if they want to say hi or connect, um, and yeah, get to know you more. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Nellie Jacob on LinkedIn. They're more than welcome to reach out. Perfect. I will put that link in the show notes so people can find you easily. And yeah, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks for sharing the uh, animation video. Um, and thank you for leading well, leading yourself well, and leading others well. Um, I'm going to have to probably dig up my strengths finders report and send it to you once I find it. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll be waiting for it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Nelly. Have a great day. Thanks for having me.
please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullas.com